So again, just to summarize in a sense, spring is a time of new colors, fresh sounds, uh, smells and sights and things like that. And I think with that comes an anticipation, an expectation for something new. So I've prompted a few people to um, reflect back to us this morning. Um, and, you know, you know, I can carry on joining the dots after that. But So I want to just start with one. I was listening to the birds. It was an analogy that I used last week, and it's been sitting with me this week, is just the birds. So I don't know about the birds at your house. But our birds have lost the plot. I mean, seriously. They, like this morning, I, I woke up to the birds singing. And I thought, it's pitch dark. There's no sun. I don't know what time it is. But it's not near sunrise. Well, obviously, they think it is. And, I mean, the bird people, you can tell me. But I, I don't think birds do that in winter. Well, it's certainly a lot later by the time I hear them. But I just had the sense this week again is that like nature, nature has this newness, this freshness, this aliveness from normally it's, it's September, so this message just runs out this week, um, you know, it's like, but it's what's been sitting with me for this week, but, but just the sense of anticipation, expectation. So as we hear a few reflections this morning, Again, I want to push in with you. Do you have an expectation of God to do something new with you? If you don't, that's fine, but then we want to pray for you. Because I kind of think we should. It's like, are you feeling like the birds? Like, what is God going to do? So you don't have to feel like the birds, as in, Wow, I'm awake, you know, before the sun comes up. We're not all like that, so there's no expectation about that. But is there something stirring in you of like, I want to see what God would do in this next season of my life? And that's kind of the, the thing I want to just keep praying, that, that God would just sort of rain like a drizzle on all of us. It reminds me we need to pray for rain, which, but that he would, he would just be drizzling that on us, like the sense of like, what a Peter, <laughs> she knows what he wants to do. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to pause for a moment and we're going to start, I think we'll start with Neil, and also just, Neil, will you mention that thing that you said to me last week of like, you've been praying about this theme like two weeks before I even started Sharing, remember you were telling me that before the service. Anyhow, no, it doesn't matter. I remember you telling me that. You take this. So you're going to have to keep this because then Luke can listen to it on his podcast. Yeah, this is all prompt you because I went to Wayne the worship said, I'd like to share a little story. So <laughs> excuse the odd um and oh. But yes, to answer what Wayne said, um, in our Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon prayer meetings, um, over and over, God shows us stuff and then it happens on Sunday. 
He shows us stuff, we pray it, and it happens on Sunday. And it's, then there's some, there's some things that have been going for a long time, and some things that are very sort of now, now words. So I just want to encourage anybody, if you really want to get the inside track, you know the people who got to see the water turn to wine? They were the servants. Well, that's the Tuesday prayer meeting. If you want to see the water turn to wine, come. It's Tuesday at 5 o'clock here. Um, but yes, I've got a, I've got a lovely story. Um, you know, there's a scripture that, that I hold to for years and years now, and that's when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, and he said, the wind blows, you don't know where it's coming from, where it's going to, but you hear it sound. So it is of those who are born of the Spirit. And I often feel like I'm a bit of a leaf in the wind. You know, the wind just blows me around. And God does stuff with me. And 25 years ago, in my house, I started a, a thing called God's Pantry, where we just, I just said to my home group, I was running a home group, I said, bring all your stuff. Look, it's a long story how it started, but I started a ministry to the poor in my house. It's, it's, <laughs> that's another half an hour story. But it, was, it all happened very supernaturally. And uh, then about two, three years ago, I started one at my office. I said to my staff, we're going to have God's pantry at my office. Bring anything that you don't need anymore, but don't bring junk, no junk, anything. Anything you use that you don't use anymore, bring it in. I, I asked my, my landlord if I could, there's a room at the back. I said, I'd like this free, please. He said, sure, no problem. So we've got a room there, and they bring stuff, and the stuff just flows through God's pantry all the time. It's going to the poor. And it's a place where people can bring people who need stuff. And um, anyway, my daughter gave me a helmet, or gave us a helmet to God's pantry about two years ago. Black helmet with an orange stripe over here. And it's been sitting there for two years. And I keep thinking, the poor obviously don't need helmets, you know. But anyway, it's there. So not this Friday, the Friday before, I'm driving through Santon, and I see a guy on a Vespa, a black Vespa, with an orange stripe on the Vespa, and he had a, a black helmet with an orange stripe there. And he was all color-coded. And I thought, it's just so cool. You know, he has a guy who appreciates being color-coded. And he was driving along this Vespa. And uh, I suddenly thought, that's exactly like the helmet in God's pantry. So I kind of got, worked my way in front of him. And I flagged him down. And he stopped, at me, he, looked, he stopped next to me. He looked at me a little bit wide-eyed. And I said to him, I've got a helmet for you just like that. Call me. And I gave him my business card. And I drove off. And he was like, oh, thanks, you know. So on the Monday, I get a WhatsApp from this guy. But now this is where the God's weaving starts to come in. Is This is an, a client of mine, somebody that I've run a thing called Organic Growth, where I, I teach people property. And he had contacted me years ago. And because he'd contacted me as we spoke property, I've got his name in my phone book with, his name, with OG written behind it. So here I'm getting a, a message from Ron Keshner, OG. And it's the helmet guy telling me all about the helmet and how much do I want for the helmet and give me a, send me a pic of it. And th I'm thinking, wow, this is somebody that I'm supposed to know already. And uh, so I said, no, it's free. And he was blown away. He couldn't believe that somebody would, would stop him at a robot and offer him something free. So he said he's coming to see me, you know, to come fetch the helmet. And that afternoon he came and he sits down and uh, I've got the helmet waiting for him. And what he didn't know, he said to me, uh, sorry, he said to me, uh, he'd spoken about me on his radio station last night, on Sunday night. I said, oh, so I picked a DJ here. <laughs> so he said, uh, this doesn't happen. He said, I, I, you know, I thought I was being hijacked or something. And, and people don't just do kind things in this, in this day and age. And then to find out that it's free, what's this all about? 
So I had a word of knowledge, actually. I said to him, you're not a Christian. <laughs> I just said it straight, very boldly. I said, but I am. And I've got a thing called God's pantry here. And when we give think, people things from God's pantry, you must accept it as a gift from God. So now you can imagine what's going in his head. Hey? And he, by the way, he's Jewish. <clears throat> so he's going and he's thinking, hang on, this guy's telling me God gave me a gift, but actually stopped me at a robot to give me something. So his mind's going. <laughs> so he says, look, I... I I run a, I've got a, a radio program on a Sunday night. I have 65,000 listeners. He said, I'd like to tell the back-end story to this because I've already started it. Can you give me the back-end story? I said, do you want the whole story? He said, yes. I said, okay, brace yourself. Meantime, coffee had arrived, and I told him the whole supernatural story of how God's pantry started and how we ministered to poor and all the miracles that happened and this and that, and he's like big eyes. And I, told him, I had told him that I'd started that when I was very poor. I couldn't make ends meet and whatever, and how funny it was that I was helping the poor when I was poor. And then he said to me, so, so how did you get from there to this? And he like mentioned to my office. I was like, okay, you, got no, you want another story? <laughs> <laughs> so I spent another, I must have spent an hour and a half talking to this guy, just telling him one supernatural story. I was going, hey, ask Robin, when I get going, I get going. And it's just one supernatural story after another of how I got given the business and how I did this and how. And I even said to him at one point, I said to him, has God ever spoken to you? And he said, no. I said, oh man, when he does, it comes, pow, it just comes in and it's in you. And I jumped up and I went running to Robin and I said to my wife, and I said to her, God says it's time. And she says, for what? I said, I don't know. I have no idea at all, but he said it's time. And what for? I said, I don't know. And I, and I was like full of, it comes with so much energy when God speaks like that. So of course I'm telling this to a Jewish guy, so it's very funny. So then he said to me, he said, well, look, I'm going to um, mention you on my station on Sunday night. Do you want to, do you want to um, listen in? I said, sure, I do. I said, look, don't tell all the private stuff, please, you know, because I told him some private stuff. He said, no, I'm just going to talk to them about God's pantry. So I'm sitting here thinking, I, I just, during the worship, I think I need to tell the story. I need to tell the story. So then I forgot his name. So I looked on my cell phone to see what his name was, I didn't want to get it wrong. And there's a message from Ron, sent to me this morning, I'll read it to you. Oh, by the way, here's the photograph that he took of me handing him the, the helmet, he put on his Facebook page. <laughs> these guys, these DJs are very into social media. Just a heads up, you're being featured in my show at 6 p.m. this evening, and I'll be talking about God's pantry. And then he says, um, he, he says the link below, then he says, this is the link he sends to all these people, he's got a huge WhatsApp group. He says, want to hear an almost unbelievable story of what happened at the Stop Street last Friday when I thought I was getting hijacked? And who's the guy in this pic with me? And why is this Mlungu holding a helmet? Then don't miss tonight's story. <laughs> tonight's show. And I'm just, I'm just saying there's a, there's a thing happening. And there's this Jewish guy who's going to be testifying about God's pantry tonight. And, but that's not all. That's not all. <laughs> Yesterday... <laughs> no, no, that's not all. Yeah, okay, I got this. Yesterday, a guy called Chad, who used to be in my home group, he was one of the guys who started God's Pantry with me. Um, that was many years ago. He's now a pastor. He and his wife are pastors in, in Richards Bay. And they have a God's Pantry at their church. And he phones me to say to me, Oh, I was thinking about you because I spoke about God's Pantry in our church last week. And then he started telling me about God's pantry and what they're doing and how, how God's led them. And then he started sending me photographs. They're feeding hundreds of people. And he says, God told him to start feeding people. 
So he started feeding people, but on a Sunday after church. So he says, they come to church, and then he preaches. He preaches the gospel to them every week. He says, they die quite fast, you know, the guys in the street. He says, but at least they're going to heaven. And he's a real evangelist, this guy. But, but the thing is, it all happened yesterday. He tells me yesterday about God's pantry. And he was t- talking in God's pantry about his church in his church last, uh, last week. You know? And it's just, it's just amazing to see how this is all coming together. So I thought I'd have to share it with you. And that's what's, ha- what's new that's happening in my life. Don't walk off with my mind. Oh, it's not if it's new or old, but it is. <laughs> that's amazing. So I'll send the link on the prayer. No, 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 yeah, do that. And then we can follow it. <laughs> I'm glad I had planned to get some feedback and share this morning because that is normally like a preacher's worst nightmare. Eh? It's like you've got this whole message planned. Can I just share a short story? And then he's like, I'm not finished yet. There's another, there's another part. No, I'm just, I'm just pulling your leg. Megan, I'm not here if you're sharing about bees if this is, or if it's just totally unrelated. But that, is it? Okay. Because there, there were two metaphors that I was thinking of last week, and it was about bees and honey, and it was about soil. So I'm glad that yours actually does connect. It connects more than what you actually expect, believe it or not. All right. So when uh, Wayne asked me to share this morning, um, it was during the week, and uh, the week's typically quite chaos. Um, two kids work, it was just a, a madass. But I'm so glad that you did, because it did allow me time to reflect in the moment and reflect on yes, last, week's, um, last week's sermon. And the word that really, or the piece that really stood in my mind was very much around making space. And uh, so when Wayne was connecting this to bees, I said, well, there's actually a perfect, perfect story um, that also links into a word I got the other day. Um, around um, God is good, under slightly random circumstances, but we trust God, right? So um, it, it, makes, it now all makes sense. Um, so when bees, the colony gets too big um, and they're in their hive, they decide that at some point we need to leave the hive and we need to find a new one. And this actually happened to our hive. We've got a hive at home. This happened to our hive last, last year. And I uh, phoned Elder one day. I said, you're never going to guess. The bees are swarming. I think we're going to lose, I think we're gonna lose the, the, the colony. So they swarmed and off they went. But when they, when they do that, they actually eat all the honey um, and they take that all that with me. So actually swarming bees aren't very dangerous um, as long as you're not going in to, to, um, to attack their queen. They're actually not typically not uh, dangerous. All they're doing is they're looking for a new home. So anyway, off the bees go. And so what happens then is that there's generally some worker bees that are left behind and they come back to an empty hive, no queen. So nature takes over and uh, they start feeding um, a new uh, pupa or a new larva um, royal jelly, and so they create a new queen. And often what happens is the hive then comes back stronger. With our hive, it took a while, and it took probably about the best part of two months, so much so that I think Alan stopped going up to the hive to check if the bees were fine, because I think we'd, we'd got to a stage where we were really worried that we're gonna actually lose the entire, um, we're gonna lose the entire hive. Anyway, two months later, um, the bees sort of came back. You could see that they formed a a small colony and uh, they were starting to grow. Fast forward to now, and we probably have our strongest hive that we've had ever. Um, An incredibly strong hive that's making loads and loads of honey and a a very happy colony. So how does this relate to making space? So the bees make space, and I think like, like them, we have to sometimes make space within our own, in our own hearts and with our, in our own minds. But also like them, sometimes God takes time 
to fill that space again. And I think we need to be patient and know that God is good. And there comes my, the word that I got the other day. Know that God is good and that he has got plans for you and that he, that space will be filled, but you have to be patient and do it in his time and not in your time. So then thinking about that, um, I just found Romans 12, verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the re- renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to, to test and approve what God, God's will is, his good and pleasing, perfect will. Thank you. Thanks, Megan. I wanted to put up a picture of um, a hive or their hive, and then I thought, she hasn't actually told me if it's going to relate to bees and honey and that, so I better not um, put that up. But the one image that I didn't share last week, um, and I thought I just I was going to do it just now, but I was going to share it before George shares, was just this bench in my garden. So as we went into load shedding, it was one of the um, images I want to leave with you. But in the corner of our garden is this bench, and there's a little um, yesterday and today and tomorrow that's also in, in the corner. And, um, and I said to you last week, in connection with making space, is, you know, f- create a new space. And my suggestion to you was, like, to actually... You know, maybe you have a space. I think I referred to you, Pete. You've got your thinking space. Um, But for those of you that don't, is it not an opportunity? Is it not a season just to create a new space for God? And that, again, it's something else that's just been sitting with me. Is Is it not just time? to create fresh space for God. And then you think of, like this analogy with the bees on the hive. And just, I mean, that's incredible. I mean, bees that swarm terrify me. We've had them in our garden a couple of times, and I'm just like, crawl under the bed. But maybe there's a sense for us just to create a new space. And what I suggested is that sometimes it's a metaphor, but it's a place. So it's it's both and, very kingdom story, you know. In order to create space in our lives, in our heart, we often need a physical space. And maybe that's a new space. Every day, you sit somewhere in the garden, or the house, or a chair. And I mentioned this last week, but I'm going to say it again. It is incredible the way the leadership coaches, psychologists, pastors, neurologists, that all of these things connect. That they say when you want, I mean, the one leadership coach, Costa loves and that, says when you want to think, Pete, you'll love this, when you want to think, move. Go sit on your bench. They say in an office, when you want to think and not work, and so when you're doing work and emails and you, you're in the thick of, you know, the stuff that you're doing, whatever it is, you know, Craig, if it's at, if it's at UJ or Timber, what you're doing, or, or Shirley, or, you know, if it's like you're drawing Roger and that kind of thing. But when you want to think, they say move. Find a 
different chair to go sit in so that you leave email, that type of work, and now you have a different space to be creative. And the same thing works with connecting with God, having a quiet time, contemplative prayer, that kind of thing. Because, what, and I'm going to go move, and I'm going to go sit there. The, the, your system, we created in such an amazing way, like that hive. We created, and it's like, this is space for God, for something new. And I keep feeling, maybe it's just me, I keep feeling the Lord saying to me, move. Stop sitting over there and go sit over there. I've got a few different places. I haven't decided where I'm sitting. I've got a few options. But I want to challenge you with that. God wants to, I don't know, make that half better than it was before. With each of us. So the other image that I had last week that I was going into, and I thought, don't, is, was a picture of roots and soil. And I stopped and didn't go there because I thought, you know what? Now again, I'm talking about stuff I don't understand. So I'm going to ask George <laughs> to come and talk about, <laughs> I said, come and share an analogy from Farming God's Way and like, whatever, I don't know what dots he's going to connect, but if you can come do that. So, morning everybody. <laughs> Thank you, Wayne. <laughs> so, the, 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 this whole business of space, so it's very interesting how you, this space thing is linked I just appreciate it. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that, um, just about creating space. So one of the things we do, and you can go on to the, the next slide, um, in, in Farming God's Way is we try and look after the soil. Um, looking after the soil is really, really important. And yesterday, Wendy wanted some tomatoes planted. So I was out there with a hoe, digging little holes, putting in some wood ash in the bottom, putting in some compost in, on top of the wood ash and then covering it and then uh, putting what we call the blanket or the mulch on top and then we plant through it because we had seedlings, we planted through the mulch. What, what's all that about? Well, it's about feeding the soil. Um, so this picture, okay, the next picture. The next picture I want to talk to you about is the, the, the soil food web. Um, so we, um, we've got a, a number of, of pyramids, you know about Maslow's hierarchy and you probably know about those things. Uh, I just want to talk a little bit about the food web, uh, the, the, the ecological pyramid. So at the bottom of it, has it come up? No. It's come up, at the bottom of it we got photosynthesis and this is with uh, the, the, the plants and the, the organisms, and, um, and then on top of that, we've got the decomposers that take the dead stuff and decompose it. And we, um, those consist of fungi and nematodes. So, um, and then we've got the shredders, and then on top of the shredders, we've got the predators. Um, in terms of those, interesting, so we've, we've got the different layers. 
And what, what that does is it makes the soil alive. So when a, when a plant wants food or nutrients, it puts out exudates that attract bacteria, and the bacteria come and they provide those nutrients, but they can't give them to the plant. But they have the nutrients in them, but they are clustered around the plant. And then nematodes come along and they eat the bacteria and they excrete the excess nutrients that the plant needs, and the plant absorbs those. So that's how it works. And that's, that's significant of healthy soil, and that's significant of what um, compost or compost should be. I was really chuffed one day. I sent our compost in that we make at home for testing, and it came back with nematodes in it, which indicated that it was really high-quality compost. Um, it's the reason I say to you, when you go to Chirpur to buy compost, make sure you ask for the Chirpur compost, because <laughs> you want the high-quality compost. Um, so really, the live soil needs these different components in the ecological pyramid. Ah, it is there, the soil food web. This comes from Dr. Elaine Ingham. Anyway, so the, the, the live soil needs all of these components in there to work. If it doesn't have it, the soil is dead. Yeah. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to create live soil. So really, healthy soil equals uh, healthy plants, which equal healthy people. This is what we're after. So now we go on to the next subject. And um, when your output, and this is what you've been talking about, exceeds your input, your upkeep now becomes your downfall. This comes from Pastor Ray McCauley. But when your output exceeds your input, okay, your upkeep becomes your downfall. So we recently attended a Brown Blunt seminar, and he gave me a book. I think it's from Sanctuary to the Streets. I think it was. And one of the one of the comments that we're passing in there is God challenged one of the, the authors of that book: If you don't spend time with me, just with me, you're going to have a crash. Well, he had the crash, and then realized that he hadn't been listening. Needed to get alone with God, not about ministry, not about anything, just him and God, and God talking to him. And it was really interesting. So um, what we talk about, and what I wanted to say again now, is a healthy spirit equals a healthy soul equals a healthy mind and body. And I was talking the other day about spiritual appraisal, if some of you remember that. And that was about a healthy mind. So how, how do we get to this point. And I, I've been challenged on that. And then I realized that I've been doing it, but I haven't been doing it in such a structured manner. So when I, get, when, I, when I preach at Chapel, this is what I love to do. And you saw me do it the other day. Come, let's all stand up and let's invite the presence of God. 
I love the presence of God. I love the presence of God. And it's quite a funny thing. The guys in the soup kitchen, they are off the streets. And I watch them, and they all stand up. Some of them take their hats out, they put their hands out. And then I watch them, and they don't, the place goes chup still. Uh, they, they just seem to carry on. Some of them open their eyes and looking around, watching what's going to happen. But some of them are just in the presence of God. It's really special, and I love it. So how do we get spiritual? Well, let's, let's find this space that we've moved to and invite the presence of God. Your kingdom come, God. Your will be done. Invite the presence of God. And invite the Holy Spirit. Whatever situation you're in, wherever you are, Sometimes at work, I used to sneak off into a conference room. <laughs> and then, as you are aware of God's presence, review the day and thank God for it. Find things to thank God for. Whatever it is, however hard, Find something to be grateful for. Thank God. Really, what does it say? Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. And then the, the next one was an interesting one for me. Pay attention to your emotions. And I, I was thinking... I was thinking about that. Pay attention to your emotions. But I was thinking about that. Lord, what about your emotions? Yes. And I'm dwelling very much on this fact that who is this guy that's actually in me? Who have I invited to come into my heart? Who and what is he? I'm yes. The Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the creator of the universe. But what does that actually imply? And I, I, I got a distinct impression when I started asking him, Lord, what about your emotions? I, I clearly got it. Your emotions are my emotions. And I thought, what? Okay. It's interesting. So pay attention to your emotions. If you're sad, if you're happy, if you're grumpy, if you're... <laughs> <laughs> but give it to God and just pay attention to your emotions and I thought okay thank you Lord for that help me with that this morning I was sitting just praying and there were some scriptures that had got a hold of me and at the end of it all God dropped the scripture my peace I leave with you and I felt like he'd hit me across the head with a two by four and, and, but then he said but my peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world givers give it unto you. And I suddenly realized, okay, but all of this stuff that I'm reading about, I can't actually do anything of, of it in my own strength. I can't. God has got to be operating. You, you know about that. So, yeah. And then, choose a feature of the day 
to pray from. So, I, I, I'm kind of, okay, is that a negative? Is that a positive? What is it? Well, it's where we're at, where you're at, where I'm at. So, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you. No weapon formed against us will prosper. Whatever the feature is, is, is it a family affair? Is it something as a success? What is it? But let's pray for them and just give it to God. And then the last one is look forward to tomorrow. Lord, yeah. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I came out of hospital with that. And this whole business of the importance of the word. And then, you know, we make our plans, but God actually orders our steps, you know. Okay. I didn't know that was going to happen, Lord. So, yeah. Those are just some thoughts about making space healthy. Soil means healthy plants, means healthy people. I was going to share again from um, a different verse from Isaiah, but it's quite interesting. So just to connect, just two dots. Uh, but we were praying before the service this morning again. So while we were praying, what we were praying about was just, I think Neil was saying, the importance of giving thanks. And we were just praying about God's faithfulness and saying just the importance of giving thanks. So I think what you were sharing in there, just again, connected um, with that, George. Yeah. So I want to share Lamentations. I'm going to jump across to Lamentations, a, a favorite passage of mine. Um, and then I think what we'll do is We'll just do what George suggested and just thank the Lord for the presence of God and, and just ask him to rain, drizzle, new mercy on us. God is loving. He is faithful. He's such a faithful, loving God. And, and you know, that, that phrase, I love praying it on, um, in the mornings, but often I just wake up and I go, your, your mercy is new every morning. We need mercy for today. But I want to pray that for us for a season. So Lamentations 3, um, from verse 22, says, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. Because of God's faithful character, because God is a God of love, because God is faithful, but because of just His faithfulness and His faithful love, His great love, we are not consumed. For His compassions never fail. So the older translation is... His mercy never fails. It is new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. So that's been connecting with me and the birds. So when you hear the birds in the morning, before you see the sun, you just think, His mercy is new every morning.
Because of God's great love, we are not consumed. For His mercy never fails. It is new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I will say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I'll wait for Him. The way I often pray that is, God, oh God, oh God, we need you. Uh, you know, I just often pray, God, I need you. Okay. And it's not as profound as that, but the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I'll wait for him. Or connecting it to the halves in the soil. Therefore, I'll make space for him. So let's just, even now, just thank the Lord for his presence. Thank the Lord for His love, His faithfulness. And ask that it kind of drizzles down on us like a soaking rain. 